What's up, guys? This is Justin for the 330 Sports Show. Today is going to be a, uh, a little bit of a special edition. As you can see at the bottom, this is going to be our uh, Festivus show. And uh, with that, we're going to do some airing of grievances. And if you don't know what Festivus is, uh, Greg and I are going to tell you all about it in a minute. Uh, but before we do that, let's have a quick word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Mighty Mike Heating and Cooling is affordable, professional, and there when you need us 24-7. Stay warm this winter by calling your hometown hero today. Mighty Mike Heating and Cooling, 330-207-7070. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Eric Cromer, Cross Country Mortgage, a wiser way to mortgage. This program proudly supported and brought to you by the Youngstown Drip IV Bar, helping the Mahoning Valley reach its wellness goal. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Youngstown Computer, the Valley's IT company. All right, thanks to those sponsors. Uh, let's bring in Greg from uh, down in Columbus, and this is going to be our airing of grievances. Greg, I got no grievances with you right now. Hopefully you got none with me, but uh, this should be fun. We, I know we've been talking about doing this for uh, a week or so now, so hopefully you've built up some grievances. I have, yeah. It's always this will be this will be good. It's always fun to kind of let loose a little bit. Um, it's the holiday season, right? It's 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 you know it's a great time of the year, but it's also let's be honest, it's a stressful time of the year. It's, oh yeah, it's a, a lot going on. Uh, a lot of family, a lot of, a lot of, you know, stress. So yeah, this be fun. <laughs> yeah. no doubt. No doubt. So um, for anyone that doesn't know what Festivus is, I'm, I'm sure most people, at least in our age bracket, were big Seinfeld fans, you know, probably anyone that's from, I would say late twenties to like even early sixties, there's like a nice 40 year window there where, or people that were probably big Seinfeld fans, but uh, George Costanza's father, Frank, was which is uh, isn't that Ben Stiller's? Yeah, Jerry Stiller, yeah, Jerry Stiller's dad, or Ben Stiller's dad, Jerry, played uh, Frank Costanza, and uh, he came up with this holiday. And for anyone that doesn't know what it is, we're going to show you right now. So, uh, here we go. What? Nothing, it's a card from my dad. Dear son, happy Festivus. What is Festivus? It's nothing. It's nothing. When George was growing Jerry, up, no. his father no. did all the commercial and religious aspects of Christmas, yeah. so he made up his own holiday. Oh. Uh, happy Festivus. It's Festivus. When George was growing up, no. his father. It's nothing. It's a stupid holiday my father invented. It, it, it doesn't exist. Happy Festivus, Georgie. Ah! A new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> and at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. Is that the pole? George, Festivus is your heritage. It's part of who you are. That's why I hate it. Read that book. I can't read it. I need my glasses. You don't need glasses. You're just weak. You're weak. Leave him alone. 
I find your belief system fascinating. It's a Festivus miracle! Welcome, newcomers. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. You, Kruger. My son tells me your company stinks. Frank, no offense, but this holiday's a little out there. Kramer, you, you can't go. Who's going to do the feats of strength? How about George? <laughs> so that is uh, a little breakdown of what Festivus is. Um, we're not going to do the feats of strength, but uh, <laughs> we don't have the poll here, but uh, we are going to do our airing of grievances. And a lot of times when we do shows like this, it's a draft, but we're just going to go back and forth. No, no order. We're not writing it down, but um, Greg, I'm just going to let you go first. So give me, uh, give me one of your, your airing of grievances. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I have, I, I have a pretty good laundry list and I, and, and it's one of these where like I could kind of go and with anyone in any order. Um, yeah. and I guess, and I have some, some sort of strong, grievances and some that are more you know just unfortunate things to complain about um but i'm going to start and and admittedly say that maybe sometimes i think we're all guilty of this sometimes but some more than others but i'm gonna air my grievance against the spoiled ohio state buckeye football fans Ooh, out there. coming um, in hot coming in a little hot um, coming in after my own kind, but yeah. you know, I think, I think we've all had a chance to reflect the last, the last few weeks. And I mean, obviously for three years in a row now, the, the regular season has not ended the way we wanted to. And it sucks. It hurts. But like we, we grew up in kind of an era where you know, if the if if Ohio State won ten games, it was a successful season. I mean, you want to beat Michigan, you got to right. beat Michigan. But like, you know, it was it was not a foregone conclusion that we would be, you know, ten and one or eleven and zero every year going into that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think since you know since Urban took over, really, I mean, the Trestler was fantastic as well. But since Urban took over, this program has been raised to an entirely new level, and the expectations are actually out of control to the point where you, I think we found this and we, we, we sat at a couple games this year. It's like hard to enjoy most of the regular season anymore because you yeah. know, there's going to be one or two games during the season leading up to Michigan. This year was Notre Dame. We had a couple, you know, you had Penn state, you had the Rutgers scare for a while, but usually other than that, it's pretty much uneventful. You get through those and it's all about one game. And unfortunately, we've come on, come down on the wrong side of that one game. Yeah. But you know, let's let's not even. And I don't even want to step on another grievance. Let's not even talk about the lot. You know, the, the the past two years and whatever Michigan may or may not have known in that game. But you know, and I'm and I'm not going to sit here and be a Ryan Day apologist. But I mean, I do feel like he's a good football coach. Like you don't get points for trying, but these guys are working their ass off. They're trying, they're, they're going as hard as they can for this game. At the end of the day, it's one football game, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Love it. Like it or not was a hell of a football team this year. And we knew it was going to be a battle. It came down to three or four plays that we didn't make the mistakes that they didn't make. And we made, but you know, just the way that 
it's just like the the way that the fan base kind of reacts to games like this goes after players, coaches, and kind of wants to blow the whole thing up because we've lost to Michigan three years in a row, two of which have asterisks next to them. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't sit right with me. Again, like I just I just have this I, I still have this image in my mind of Ryan Day walking off the field after that Michigan game, like showing him walking in the tunnel. And as upset as I was about the game, I actually just felt heartbroken for him and the program and the team. Yeah. And we love this. We love this school. We love this team, you know, almost as much as, you know, pretty much pretty high up on the list of things we love in our lives. And I think sometimes as much emotion as we put into it, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. Ryan Day's done a tremendous job at Ohio State. He has not gotten it done in the big situations. And, oh, by the way, he also means just players have not gotten it done as well. It's like the coaches, you know, get blamed when a when a player throws an interception or makes a mistake. Like it's, you know, we're going to fix it as a program. We're going to continue to work on it. These things go in cycles. Everybody take a breath. You know, it's, it's a, it's still a golden era of Ohio state football. It'd be nice to get a national, another national championship here in the next few years, but kind of try to enjoy what, what we have, because imagine if you were a Syracuse fan or right. a um, Oregon state fan, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just these people complaining about going 11 and one doesn't really sit well with 99% of the college football world. So interesting. You chose Syracuse as one of those teams. <laughs> I don't know why I was on my mind, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you're, you're dead on. And I'm so glad you said that. Cause that didn't even come on my list, but as soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, that should be right up, right up there with any of these. Um, basically, if you look, over the 14 playoff history since 2014, when Ohio State was the first team to win it, Ohio State would have been the only team. Um, if you start from that point, if there was a 12 team playoff to make it every single year, they finished, I think, no lower than seventh in any of those seasons. And I think this year was one of those two years where they dropped to six or seven in the final poll. And it's like, that is a bad season for Ohio state, you know, and, you know, like last year, yeah, we lose to Michigan, but you got, you got Georgia on the ropes, the two time national champions uh, and, you know, injuries don't go a few different ways. You, you probably win that game and win the national title. And there would still be Ohio state fans that would consider that not a successful season because you lost to Michigan, even if you won the national championship. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. That is, I am all all on board for that. That's a great one. That's a great one. So um, let, let me ask you the percentage of this too. I'm, I'm always curious. Um, and I'd like to probably, I should post this question out there, but what percentage of Ohio State fans, and this goes for just about any fan base, Alabama, all the, at least the major brands, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, you know, some have different real, you know, expectations, but what percentage of those fans are, I hate to say bad, but like nutty or like, like kind of crazy? Well, I think it follows kind of, it's a microcosm of the kind of the world at large, right? You have your, 
you have a silent majority and you have a vote, very, very vocal minority. So I would say it's less than 10%, some of which may not even be true, true Buckeye fans. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be one of those like, well, if you didn't go to the school, you're not a fan. Now that, I mean, that's bullshit, but you know, that's not like, not somebody that's been like an Ohio state football fan their entire life. But yeah, it's gotta be less than 10%. And you know, I think we all we're all on social media and, you know, I think I mean, I, I, after I don't know. I don't know about you, but after the after the Michigan game, I I just I took like a 24 hour Twitter break. Yeah. I'm not looking at anything like until that kind of cycles through and it made the it made the next 24 hours as pleasant as it can be. But to answer your question, you're talking about a small number of people, but, you know, with especially with social media, they have a pretty loud voice and they can poison kind of, and that's a problem too. There's probably like that five to 10% that's like vocal about it. And then they're probably poisoning another 10% that maybe kind of start either posting things or thinking things. And it does kind of bleed. And, you know, I get it. I think we all feel it. Sometimes you, I mean, you know, the, the points sometimes are valid, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're talking about 18 to 21 year old kids. You're talking about a game. We've all played yep. sports. Shit happens. It's one game. And, you know, especially the way the game went this year, you could argue maybe in past years, we got pushed around a little bit. And although we did in the second half, we also pushed them around. It was kind of one of those, it came down to mistakes. Yep. We never, we never basically caught up from that first quarter interception. And it just, it, it's just the way it goes. And yeah. um, again, I'm not trying to excuse it and say it's, it's okay, but we just got to, it's like, like everything, we just got to take the freaking temperature down and yeah. just relax a little bit. And um, you know, you can yeah. be, this is going to sound really like I thought about this earlier and it's kind of cheesy, but I, I, and I probably, somebody's probably said this before, but you can be, you can have passion and still have some compassion as well. Right. Like it's like, you can, we're all like, we all say yell at the TV and do things like that. Yeah. But you can also be like somewhat compassionate for these guys that are like busting their ass and yep. giving everything they have for the university. Well said. All right. Well, with that, um, Greg, Greg took it to a, a new level there. He took it like to a, you know, compassion, passion, um, level. I'm going to go with, uh, just a, a pure dislike of the next <laughs> my, mine. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with this guy. <laughs> I'm just so freaking sick of Draymond green. And, you know, so my airing of grievances is this guy and, and the NBA and the golden state warriors are kind of doing right by this situation is they're, they're kind of giving him like, Hey, go get your shit together because your head ain't right. Now, like, and I don't want to make light of like mental health or anything like that, but there's something going on. That's not right with that dude. And um, it started. I remember a Cavs game earlier on this season when he like shoved Donovan Mitchell, like way under the hoop. And then like Donovan Mitchell came up and like, you know, got into it with him. He, he literally puts Rudy Gobert in an absolute like sleeper hold. Um, and then, then was it, uh, nurse, Nurkic. yeah, Nurkic, 
last week where he like turns around and acts like he, oh, I was just trying to sell sell the foul. You knew damn well what you were doing in like open fist, closed fist, whatever. It was a punch. So Draymond Green, he was he was on our all piece of shit team, you know, with uh, you know guys like you know you you throw out any names in the from the past or the current. Joe Noah, you know, players like that, the guys you can't stand, but he's right towards the top of that list for me. So Draymond Green gets my airing of grievances. Greg, anything on him? No, I, I, I like that one. It, 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 yeah, definitely. I mean, we've, we've all kind of hated that guy. I mean, really, 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 really pretty much since Michigan state, but I don't, I don't feel like he was quite as bad at Michigan state, but you can yeah. kind of see the, you know, I think I think it was always, oh, this guy's really passionate. He's, you know, but then it just. There's not a word again. Yeah. 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 It's a word of the day. <laughs> um, a question for you, though, on that. I mean, and again, I hate him as, as much as anybody. What what would, if he played in the 80s, 90s, like, I, I guess, would, would we even be talking about him right now? Would it, I mean, it's still. Yeah. I, I agree. It feels like it, what he's doing is a little bit different because it's kind of, you know, it's not the, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to commit a hard foul. It's like these kind of weird, like the, the, yeah. the choke holds or like the, Oh, magically I'm going to go for a jump shot and my leg's going to come up and hit a guy in the groin. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's, but it isn't, it is interesting. Is he just in the wrong, is he just playing in the wrong era? Right. Well, that's part of it too, but you also know the rules of the game and know how things are called. And there are cameras everywhere. Like back in the eighties or maybe even early nineties, you might only have one angle or two angles of certain things. There's literally a camera on top of the hoop. There's cameras that like, you know, are basically like uh, aerial visuals of everything. You know, there's, there's a hundred different photographers there uh, with, whether camcorders or, you know, video videographers, whatever. So you're not getting away with it. Plus, you know, like since the, it's almost like, I hate to bring up 9-11, but it's almost since like um, the flights changed after 9-11, a lot of basketball rules changed after yeah. the Ron Artest uh, no. fight in the palace. So um, I don't know, but it's kind of like, Okay, we'll let you get away with like twenty of those, but like the twenty-first one, no, you know that's yeah. that's so. And, and, it's and we like, also didn't mention that he just freaking decked Jordan Poole in the, in practice yesterday, exactly. last season. I'm sorry, which is, I mean, that's assault any way you look at it. Just flat yeah. out sucker punching a guy on one of your own teammates. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was interesting. Like Kerr the other day, like was pretty candid with his remarks, and and they're they got to be. I mean, they're supporting him, and I get it. Yes, he probably has problems. I mean, again, yeah, not to, you know, he, he may have real problems. He certainly has anger problems, but he is, he, he costs, he's cost the Warriors at least one championship, you could say, by yeah. the suspension against the Cavs. I mean, as much as we don't want to admit it, I'm not, you know, do we still come back and win? Hopefully we did, but you could argue he cost them the championship there, and he's kind of, they're having a bad season this year and he's not the only reason, but it's like, right. How much more of this shit are they going to put up with? with this yeah. Guy? yeah. Yeah. And, and I get for a while, you know, he's a great teammate and all this and that, but when the teammate, when you start to lose like the trust of like, basically the reason they signed him was he, he was like 
kind of a protector for Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. And, you know, you always need that, that guy, but, but he's become more of like an agitator and more of a, more of a liability than an asset. So, yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, Greg, we've, we've done about two picks in about uh, 12 minutes here. So we'll, we'll go a little faster pace, but, uh, but uh, you, you got, you can go with your next uh, grievance. Um. I'm going to like, I'm going to go with, and there's a few, I'm going to I'm going to hit an NFL one here is just like, and there's a lot of different ways to go here, but I'm just going to say like the absolutely terrible quarterback play that we're seeing mm. on a week to week basis in the NFL. Okay. And just like now you have your, you have your Joe Flacco's who, who kind of came off the couch and are doing well, but you just think about, like some of the some of the guys that we yeah like like guys that like if you just said at the beginning of the year that we would be watching a guy named Easton Stick and Aiden and actually I shouldn't say Aiden O'Connell because he actually did pretty well but like Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph coming hey, in Mitch Trubisky was uh, Mr Ohio yeah that's true like, yeah Tommy Tommy DeVito um help me out who else is like just just these like just these terrible like weekend and week out these like it just feels like i guess what i don't understand and this is kind of what i this i guess is what i don't understand i don't understand like every year in college football there's like what eight eight, ten to fifteen like there's probably three to five like really good hey this guy's going to be an nfl quarterback right and there's probably ten to fifteen that are like hey this guy will get some run in the nfl but then these teams get to like their backup quarterback and it's yeah. just like, and it's just like how many good backup quarterbacks are there in the, I mean, yeah. are there in the NFL and the injuries have been terrible this year and it's kind of, it's made the product, it's kind of it's right. deleted the product a little bit, but like, I don't know how many, how many times have we sat this year and watched an NFL game with just like one or two quarterbacks that just like, you just kind of marvel at, you know, I guess you could flip the flip side could be like, wow, this really is the hardest position to play in all the sports because there's probably mm-hmm. only 10 to 15 guys in the, on the planet that can do it well. But good God. Yeah, like, I, I I was um, thinking I was like, oh, Davis Mills probably started for Texans last week. No, it was our our old buddy uh, Case Keenum that started for them last week. And he got um, the win. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's like, is that going to become maybe that becomes the thing now instead of like some rookie from North Dakota state. Like why not just go with a guy he might be in his mid to late thirties, but he started before like Jacoby Brissett came off the bench yesterday and did really yep. well. Yeah. Like maybe that's, maybe that's where you need to go with your backup. But I feel like after this season, the, the probably the positive side of this is you'll probably start seeing teams investing in like serviceable backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the problem with the NFL too. So many of these quarterbacks make so much money that you can't allocate a lot of that cap money towards yep. backup. Yep. And I think that's what the Browns did with Brissett last year. They were like, well, we got to get off that contract, you know, six, seven, eight million, whatever it was. It's like, you know, you got to maybe cut a good corner or a good safety because you have a backup quarterback. And yeah, he might not play, but he's a good insurance policy to to have if you need it. So, I mean, yep. I'm, I'm just looking at some of these names now, like Clayton, Clayton Toon, the Browns went yep. against earlier yep. this year. Um, Brett Rippon, 
is Matt Stafford's backup. And when Matt Stafford didn't play earlier in the year, they yeah. got absolutely blown out. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, you got well, any, any of the Jets quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. But, 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 that, but the guy that the guy that they started when, when they benched Wilson that had like, it was like an Aaron Rodgers guy. And he had mm-hmm. like, it, it, I thought it was a joke. Like it was the guy from UConn and I can't remember what his name was, but he had like three, college touchdown passes and like 12 interceptions. And it's just like, yeah. how, how, and how in the hell is this guy in the NFL? And there's gotta yeah. be, I think about that with the, it, this is like switching gears. I think about that with the NBA too, with some guy, like you, like, it's just like some of these guys that like, I think I texted you about Joe Ingles and he's a decent NBA player, but like, how yeah. does a guy like Joe Ingles get on an NBA roster? But there's like, you name it, somebody that's like six eight, super athletic, is playing out in 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 China, and I don't know if it's like luck, if it's just yeah. fit or what it is, but I feel like it's kind of like that with quarterbacks. Like you could go to the XFL or the USFL and probably find guys that have more raw physical ability, but for oh, some no reason, there's they're not on an NFL roster. Mm-hmm. No doubt, and I mean. Some of these guys really have shown something, at least. I know yeah. your your pet peeve is like the bad ones, but I mean, a lot of these guys are really bad. But um, <laughs> there there has been some good ones. You, you yeah, take a look at uh, Jake Browning, was what he's been great. yeah, Cincinnati. Gardner Minshew started the season as a backup for Anthony yep. Richardson. He's been playing great. Um, yep. Obviously, you got you know Deshaun was hurt. Then DTR was hurt. Then PJ, well, PJ Walker went in first. They released him and now Flacco, um, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. That's a revolving door. <laughs> Which one's going to get benched next? But uh, Aiden O'Connell's played a lot this year because Garoppolo's been out. Brian Hoyer has uh, played. Um, how about the Steelers right now? They're going to be on their third starting quarterback. So they went from Pickett, who got hurt, to Trubisky, to freaking punchable face Mason Rudolph. That's a whole. Uh, <laughs> airing of grievances right there. Uh, Will Levis is doing well, though. Um, how about Tyson Badgett from uh, the Bears? That when Oh, yeah, was, yep, yep. Like, That's did right. you ever hear his backstory with, like, his dad was the arm yeah. wrestling? Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. basically the plot to the movie uh, Over the Top. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um, like these guys are, like, good for, like, a week, or they come in for, like, two quarters, yes. and then it's like, oh, wait, they come crashing back to earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the only reason um, we even know who Tommy DeVito is is because Tyrod Taylor got hurt, who was backing up Daniel Jones. And, yeah. you know, it's like, um, can, can you even tell me who uh, Green Bay's backup quarterback is? No. <laughs> Sean Clifford. How about that? Sean Clifford. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a mid-tier Big Ten quarterback um, for his career. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. And God forbid uh, Brock Purdy gets hurt because then they got to go Sam Darnold. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's like, you know, Minnesota, they lost Kirk Cousins. They lost Jaron Hall for a while. They benched yep. Josh Dobbs. You know, they're on another guy. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I think teams definitely need to invest more in that backup quarterback. Um, but, Again, like you said, is it is that even a availability? I, I think I saw like fifty-seven or fifty-six is the number of, of starting quarterbacks this year. 
But surprisingly, it was the same last year at this time. I just that I is think, that is really surprising. I think it's, it's just maybe like, more high profile names. Yeah, you lose, you know, Watson. You lose uh, Kirk Cousins. You lose um, who else? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Burrow. So it's a lot of like bigger names uh, that are out this year based on, you know, other guys. But look at some of the best teams in the league, um, at least in the AFC. You got um, so number one seed right now is um, Ravens. The Ravens. Lamar Jackson is usually one of those injured quarterbacks. He's not hurt. Tua, he hasn't been hurt this year. Um, Who's the third? Mahomes. Um, Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah, obviously he's he's fine. And then um, Trevor Lawrence didn't even freaking miss a game with a uh, high ankle sprain. So, um, so your top four teams in the AFC all all have their starting quarterback. So I don't know. It's uh, that's definitely. I t- I said we weren't going to go long on each one, but we, we probably will. But that's good. It's good conversation. So yeah. All right, I'm going to my next one, and. I am going to go with, this is kind of a, um, a current topic, um, but I'm going to go with NIL and I'm going to explain it first. So NIL, name, image, likeness, and I've had plenty of college athletes on the show that are, that benefit from name, image, and likeness as they should. Name, image, and likeness was designed for, I think, players to make a little extra cash, you know, maybe, you know, your elite players, your top level guys to, to maybe, you know, get that car endorsement or, you know, like can help provide for their family who might not have much. So my problem is not with that at all. I think that's great. I think that's how it should work. My problem with NIL is how it has affected uh, college football in particular and the recruiting side of things. So um, Texas A&M, perfect example. They, you know, get the greatest recruiting class in history. Um, the, and then it's all blown up this year because you got guys in the transfer portal. They're not getting the money that they promised. Um, I think there's a guy uh, that played for the Florida Gators last year that has like some lingering lawsuit because um, his NIL deal there was some weirdness there he didn't get the money but maybe he owes like an agent money because he was promised you know there's a there's a whole bunch of this stuff going around and then national signing day is coming up actually uh this week and then you got guys flipping and going this way and that way uh, because they're being promised money and they're not going necessarily the best place for them they're going where um, you know, they're getting the biggest bag of money, which I can't blame an 18 year old kid for to go get the money. But again, it's like these, it's these, you know, boosters, it's these other like nefarious characters, maybe we'll say that are, um, kind of messing it up. And the NCAA maybe is the biggest person at fault or biggest entity at fault because they haven't regulated it. So it's like, whatever goes, you know, so that's, that's my that's my grievance. And I, I, I think it, I think it's great for what it's intended, but I think it sucks for what it's become. Yeah. It, and you can almost link, you can kind of link the transfer portal to that too, because they're mm-hmm. kind of one and they're, they kind of fit together. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going in the transfer portal and I'm 
basically going to the highest bidder. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I'm totally with you. Like, right. And, and, and I have one coming up. That's, that's a money driven one as well. And yeah, you can't blame anybody for trying to make, no, um, you know, make as much money as they can capitalize on their, what could be limited amount of time of, of yeah. being marketable. But same at, at, at the same token, like making decisions for money at age 18, age 19. Right. And to your point, like having people in your ear that are kind of in it for themselves is not, is yeah. not the way to do it. Um, I mean, I think making, I think we all learn in life that making decisions solely for money usually doesn't work out for the best, but, um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a good one. And, and I don't even know how you begin to regulate it, but, and, and clearly if you're going to rely on any entity on, on, on the globe to properly <laughs> regulate it, the NCAA would probably be one of the last ones you'd, you'd, you'd choose to be able to do it the right way. So I, I can't ima- I imagine it's going to be the wild west for a long time, but. Hopefully, hopefully um, it gets delayed just a little bit longer so they can wrap up this Michigan case they're dealing with right yeah, now. Yeah, really, <laughs> which we've heard nothing about. Exactly. And, and this isn't even, this was going to be a separate grievance, but it doesn't even have to be. It could be a quick one, but where, what the hell happened there? Like yeah. it was, it, no, there hadn't been a peep about it. And yep. really since the OSU Michigan game. So yeah. Yeah. like it never happened. Like mm-hmm. and they're talking about an extension for Harbaugh, like fuck, fuck that. <laughs> I, one other thing I will say that's a positive for NIL is um, especially female athletics um, where, you know, I, again, I've had a few of the female Youngstown state women's players on, on the show that are being able to like cash in on their NIL stuff. But you look at someone like Olivia Dunn, who I would have not known who that was, but she is everywhere now or Caitlin Clark, or, you know, like a bunch of other. So it's been really good for women's athletics um, as well as, you know, the lower divisions, whether it's FCS or whether it's, you know, like a Mac school or whatever. It's like, again, use it for what it's intended for, not, you know, drop a million dollars on the, you know, best running back in the state of Florida to come to your school and then not give him that money. And then he ends up in the transfer portal and then it's, yeah. So, um, all right. So we'll move on with that one, but, uh, and yeah, screw Michigan too. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Greg, you're up. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll go relatively quickly on this one. It's, it, this is, this is more of like, this is less of a kind of like hateful grievance and more of just kind of damn, it's a concern. that's kind of starting to brew it. I mean, you may share this, it's about the calves and mm. I just feel like, and, and again, some of it's bad luck. Some of it is, you know, you could say maybe there needs to be a change made at the, at the coaching position. We'll see, but I'm concerned because I feel like our, our I feel like the calves window while it's not like closing quickly. It's, it is like, it's this, this, this team as it as it currently stands is, you know, what, another two to three years, maybe. Um, and I just think when you watch this team when we're when the Cavs are healthy and they're playing well and they got it cooking, you're like, this, you know, this is a you know, a second tier NBA team, but they could make a run in a, in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, maybe as high as maybe a top six or seven team. 
Yeah. You know, I think this year, I think you got Denver, you got Boston, you got Milwaukee, you got Minnesota, who's really coming on, mm-hmm. you know, you have sort of your top tier, but like, we're like right there. We could beat anybody yeah. any given night. It had great game against Philly. Um, but the combination of just not being able to keep guys healthy and these random, like Garland can't stop getting hit in the face, no matter how, you know, it's just, yeah. just these, uh, these oddball things. And I think as much as I, as much as I think this guy is going to be an elite NBA talent, Evan Mobley not quite taking that step that I think we really need him to take yeah. to be the, you know, to be a, maybe a top 25 NBA player. Um, I don't, I, I, I hear rumblings. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is going to be on this team maybe next season or in two years. At some point, they may trade Mitchell. They basically they can't keep what they have. They have a good roster. Yep. They they have potential. It's just really frustrating right now because what we're sitting in the number nine spot. We can't we can't stay healthy. Coaching has been inconsistent, and they're still a fun team to watch. Still enjoy it, but it just feels like there's there needs to be maybe there, it just feels like there needs to be maybe a little more sense of urgency than there yeah. is. And pretty soon we might be looking back in a couple of years and being like, son of a bitch. We, we, you know, we, we had a, we had a great young team and just couldn't capitalize. We didn't want a playoff series with this group yet. And that's not good enough. Right. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I, my only pushback to that would be, well, one, I agree with you um, about, it might be time for a coaching change. Like I, I'm not normally, and <laughs> I have another grievance on, on on coaching changes here in a little bit. But um, I, I think with JB, I think we've what you see is what you get. Um, I think he he kind of reminds me of like Baker Mayfield in in this <laughs> sense. He was he was like the right guy for the Cavs when they were coming together. Like after that whole beeline crap and stuff like that, and now they're ready to graduate to the next guy, the tactician, the, the, the X's and O coach that can really get it done. And then maybe you have your raw, raw assistant coaches, you know, that get up in the guy's faces, stuff like that. I mean, you got Walton there, you got, you know, other guys that have done it before, but I, I don't think JB's the guy I like to win a, to, to go far. Um, yep. I, I really like him. I think he's a, a good guy, but I, I don't, I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's the the long term answer. And one other thing I'll push back. I think the future of this team, if Mobley can take that next step and Garland can stay healthy, I think those two are the future I, of your franchise. I think you're gonna move on from Donovan Mitchell. And I think you do too. And that's a trick. They they have to nail that trade. Yes. That's a trade that they must hit. Um, yeah. Because he, yeah, he's he's great, and yeah, it's like, you know, I was listening at a sim like a Bill Simmons podcast on it, and he kind of was just, he was kind of scratching his head on the Cavs too, and it's just like there's just there's just something missing, even when everybody's, yeah. and and maybe it's just simply the fact that like you have Garland and you have Mitchell, you have two guys that thrive with the ball in their hand, and we yeah. see this all the time in the NBA and in basketball in general when you have two two guys that that make their money with the ball in their hand only one can have the ball in their hand so it's exactly. like one night Mitchell scores 40 and then the next night Garland scores 35 but like you don't see a lot of nights where it's like they both have really good games or one has a lot of assists and one has a lot of points and it's not that they don't 
play well together. It's just that it's really hard when you have two guards that handle the ball to, to, you know, to, to coexist and, you know, and, and be, you know, consistently good. But yeah, well, I, I just, uh, I have to admit, because we're recording this on a Monday night, I just noticed the Cavs are beating the Rockets right now in overtime. So uh, they're about to close it out. So at least uh, they'll, yeah. do it. they'll be two and zero since both of those injuries. So hopefully no, uh, they're in the right direction, but I, it, you're right though. The NBA, especially when you don't have that LeBron James, like, you know, top three, four player on, you know, Giannis, Jokic, whoever it might be, you know, list your five guys. If, if they're, if you don't have one of those five guys, or if you have one of those five guys, you're in contention every year. Yep. If you don't have one of those five, you can have a lot of really good talent, but it's all got to come together at the right time. So um, that's a, that's a good one. So all right, moving on. Um, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna share real quick. So, if anyone like, you know, later, excuse me, these pretzels are making me thirsty here. <laughs> Another Seinfeld reference. Uh, uh, we are doing the airing of our sports grievances here, and uh, <coughs> this is what Festivus is all about. So. Again, the aluminum pole, you invite your family and friends over for dinner. You tell them about how they've disappointed you this year. And then uh, you do the feats of strength. We're going to we're gonna pass on the feats of strength this year. But uh, we are going to uh, continue with a few more grievances here. So my next one, and I, I'm curious if you agree with me or disagree with me on this one. But I'm going to go with the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. And how, how it is done, I, I think it's a complete joke. Um, I don't know about you. Like, I, I've been, I've seen a lot of baseball games. I've been to a lot of baseball games, probably, I don't know, 100 to 200, uh, you know, in my, in my lifetime, probably, probably 200 games in my lifetime. Um, out of those games, out of all those games, I can definitely say without a doubt, the best player I've ever seen on a baseball field is Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds will not even sniff the Hall of Fame. And I get, okay, yeah, he probably cheated. He was probably using steroids and stuff. But so was 75 80% of the league at that time. Um, and I think before, my argument to that is before, and there's no, this is the date he started steroids, this is the date he was off whatever he was probably still the best player in baseball before that um that just obviously enhanced some uh home run numbers and uh, again you could say half the pitchers were probably on it for recovery purposes for this and for that and again it was like baseball kind of knew what was going on with the whole sammy sosa mark mcguire thing that whole you know, to get it back after the strike mm -hmm. and they didn't do anything but Hey, once once the hammer came down, it's like, well, we're not letting this guy in. We're not letting, you know, Rafael Palmero or Alex Rodriguez or Barry Bonds or whoever. And then, side note to that, Pete Rose, the the all time leader in hits in Major League Baseball, is not in um, gambling. And again, whatever you want to think about that, but we got people like Ty Cobb who used to beat the hell out of. <laughs> 
his wife and kids and shit like that. And we got drunks, we got alcoholics, we got abusers, we got uh, criminals that are in the Hall of Fame, but we're not going to let guys in because certain stats might be a little bit inflated. Um, whereas, but they were also playing in that competition where the other guys were doing it too. So what's your thoughts on that? No, I, I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree with that take on the hall of fame because, you know, and I think there, there's always complaints about just the voting process and it's just these old, like, I just picture it's a bunch of like guys in their seventies and eighties, like old school, like baseball guys that, you know, have their very, you know, purist type views. And I, 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 you know, I, you know, you can, you can argue the merits of the guys that did steroids. I mean, it's, it's, you're totally right about bonds. I mean, these guys definitely, you know, whether they did it or not, (laughs) are good enough to be in the hall of fame, but the whole voting process sucks. And Uh I used to hate, and I think they finally, there would all, it would be like, it'd be like Randy Johnson would be like up for the hall of fame and some like piece of shit guy, like wouldn't vote him in just because it's like, well, he shouldn't be unanimous because you can't be unanimous. I think they finally, I think Mariana Rivera and maybe Jeter became unanimous votes, but there was a long time where like, I don't think Ken Griffey Jr. I don't think was an unanimous, like, like it's, and it's just done for, you know, it's done just for, this fake prestige of like, no, Babe Babe Ruth was unanimous and these guys, like, you know, and this guy, it's just, so that whole like institution and I don't know how you change it. It's just really hard to get in. And then sometimes like one guy gets in and then sometimes like four guys get in and it's just like, yeah, it, uh, I, I, I like that take. It definitely, it's, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. That being said, I was there over the summer and uh, <laughs> I was Cooperstown. The, the Captain Cooperstown. Hall of Fame itself in Cooperstown is awesome. Yeah. The process of how people get voted in is very flawed. Okay. We can agree on that. I, I, like, <laughs> I like that. Okay. All right. All right. So that's that's our take on that one. Greg, you got, you got another one? Yeah. So – I know we don't, we don't, we probably don't get a lot of hockey takes on your show. Um, so I'll keep this one relatively brief, but this one's just on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, and I don't know how many people who watch the show really follow the Jackets. Um, there's really not much to follow on the ice, but like just a little bit from somebody in Columbus who, like, I'll watch them admittedly kind of. In, on a like a more of a fair weather basis when they're playing well, I'll watch them a yeah. little more. But I'll watch Jackets games. We like to go to a few a year. It's great going to a, a hockey game is a blast. Nationwide Arena, tremendous place to watch a game. It's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Never had a bad experience there of the arena experience. The problem is, is this you know we're this this um, the team's been in existence since two thousand. Um, I think they started in the 2000, 2001 season. And I think they made the playoffs maybe three or four times. They've won one playoff series and just ongoing, just, you know, bad personnel decisions, just never seemed to really have the right coach. Although we did have a coach for a while that did pretty well. And just, just, a just 
when you rank, if you ranked kind of all the professional sports franchises, like they would be towards the bottom in terms of just, you know, how they're run, their success rate and things like that. And the sad thing is, is that Columbus fans, the hockey fans are phenomenal. The soccer mm-hmm. fans are phenomenal. Everybody's like, oh, Iowa State or you know, Columbus is a football town and that's it. The crew has a great following. The Jackets actually, I mean, any given night, they're going to have a good crowd, even yeah. though they have a shit product. Um, so for anybody who says that you couldn't bring an NBA or NFL team or MLB team to Columbus, I'm not so sure. Good, good fan base, hungry fan base. Yeah. Terrible, continued terrible performance. Um, and it's just, you know, there's something organizationally wrong when you just are so bad for so long. And it was probably culminated this off season um, by, so they, they've hired a new, or they've hired a new coach. I don't know if you heard too much about this when it came up, it, oh. it happened pretty quickly. And the guy's pretty aptly named, his name is Mike Babcock. Um, but he he's, he, he's a good coach. I think he won a Stanley cup and he's been a pretty good coach, but like known piece of shit. Like, like when he was hired, it was like, yeah, this guy's good, but he he's a terrible human being. Yeah. Like, and I'm not sure this is the best hire, especially in 2023. Well, this guy was like employed for probably all of like a month in the off season, called his players in individually to kind of do an interview. And when he did that, I mean, there's different stories, but when he did that, he was basically, let me see your phone. I'm going to go through your phone. I want to see what kind of person you are. So I'm sure he saw a lot of stuff. But like, you can't do that. And no. like, there was a players' union grievance filed like within days of that. In two weeks, he's gone. Yeah. Um, and it's just that's just one example and bad example of just how much egg on the face on their faces this organization has. And it's just like, like, I, I just you have to you have to be actively bad to suck for twenty three years. Yeah. It's just, and then you look at like, and it's not like they're an expansion team. Well, the, who won the Stanley Cup last year? The Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, and by the way, they were in the Stanley Cup. I think their first year. They they were. Yeah, and the, and the Seattle Kraken were in the Western Conference Finals against Vegas last year. So that was like basically two middle fingers of the Jackets right there, like two expansion teams like right away. So that that's not an excuse. Like none of this is an excuse. Like we just, you got to get better. The fans are right. Re- the fans want it. Yeah. And it's just a shame. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And yeah, I mean, that's almost like um, bringing in Mike Babcock. Sounds like it's almost bringing like Kevin Spacey onto your movie set. <laughs> yeah. now. You know, like this guy's got a little bit of a checkered past. Maybe let's go a different way. Bring in, bring in a new guy, you know, a, a new fresh face that won't, uh, muck it up too much so all right i am gonna go i'm gonna go a different route here it's in season it's actually very very timely uh it's a good festivus uh themed one but uh i'm gonna go with this has always been a pet peeve of mine college football bowl game names uh (laughs) like like this year, uh, so there was there was a great great college football game played today. Western Kentucky came back like twenty one or they came back twenty one or more points uh, to beat Old Dominion in overtime today in the famous Toastery Bowl. 
First of all, it's on a, like a Monday around Christmas. Like not a lot of people are probably watching anyway, but um, could we like, here, here's what I always said. Like it should be like the Rose bowl presented by AT&T. Yeah. Yeah. It should yeah. be the, the, um, the peach bowl presented by Chick-fil-A, not the Chick-fil-A peach bowl. Like call it like, this is maybe a boomer take or something, but I don't think anyone's getting excited about the, the cheese it bowl or like the, you know, the, the Tony, the tiger bowl or whatever it's called now. And like, I mean, they're the Duke's Mayo bowl. You know, it's like, <laughs> there was a, a beef O'Brady's bowl. Like, I mean, you can go on and on. I'm sure we could list like a, like a dozen or probably a lot more uh, weirdest college football bowl names. So, um, so that's just a, a, a current pet peeve. So just yeah, mine. That's, that's a great take. And you, it's, it's really hard taking game seriously when you see, when you're flipping your cha- the channel and you see the name. And I think it was one of, one of the games the other day, like one of my kids was like, what is that? Yeah. And I just like, if, if you got like a 13 year old kid picking his head up from his, from his phone to be like, what the heck bowl is this? And you know, there's something wrong with the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like last year, you know, I, I get it. It's like the sponsors paying the money, you know, it's a, it's a good, it's a, it's a good TV um, contract, whatever. But like, you know, it's hard to get up when you're a player for the famous Idaho potato bowl or, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, the hometown lenders Bahamas bowl, like, Hey, I'm excited for the Bahamas bowl. I, w- I want to go down there. You could yeah. say, how about we name it the, uh, you know, the Bahamas bowl presented by whatever company or yeah. like the, I, it's just, it's just ridiculous at, at these, like, I mean, at some point we're going to get a freaking shit bowl presented by Charmin. <laughs> so. I'm sure they, I'm sure they'd have a good trophy for that. <laughs> yeah, no. This is going to be an exciting game. Good. Hope you wore your depends for the Pampers bowl. <laughs> so I don't know. Just, just a, 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 and take on the names. So let's get back to like the sun bowl, the, yeah. the the poinsettable even whatever yeah. you know yeah. holiday bowl all that stuff so just my two cents on that all right greg you're up yeah so i'm gonna go to this is this is i guess i te- when you're talking nil i kind of tease this one very briefly because this is totally like a money one but like you know i'm i'm a pretty big golf fan and mm-hmm. this whole like live golf thing Um, that's been going on for a while, but, and it just sucks. Like it just, it's just not, um, you know, I, again, I like the latest is, was in the news a couple weeks ago. John Rahm made the Mm -hmm. lead over from PGA to live golf for, you know, call it, I've heard anywhere from 300 million to $600 million and Hey, more power to them. Like if you're getting offered that kind of money to go play golf and, they play three round tournaments and they play probably once every three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Why not? Like, I get it. Yeah, um, do you know, do you know what live actually stands for? Uh, it, I, isn't it something with the Roman numeral? Yeah. Like, it's, it's 54. Cause that's the amount that of holes. Is, yeah. They play. Yeah. 
like yeah and and it's like it's again i, I think we've all ever it's yes it's saudis it's sport washing which we never knew what the hell sport washing was i also have no idea how creating a like a golf league is going to make um right. you know people think more highly of of you know the their human rights violations and yeah the money's dirty whatever like I, I I think if any of us got offered that kind of money, play golf, we do it. Yeah. This is more, it's just unfortunate. It sucks because, you know, so much of like, and if you just, it's, it's so hokey, like the team names, it's like the aces, like, you know, and it's like these mm-hmm. weird ass logo. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's probably people that get into it. I know they have good attendance, but like, I don't know anybody that's like, man, I'm really like psyched for the third round mm-hmm. of this live tournament. It's on like the CW um, it's just not like the idea maybe works if you were to like, if, if you had all the PGA tour golfers together and you did these like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but, but what it does is it takes away from, you know, first of all, it takes away a lot of the best golfers in the world from these kind of weekly PGA tournaments that have character and have history. And, yes. you know, we go to the Memorial every year and, you know, no John Rahm this year, no Dustin Johnson, no Brooks Kepka. All those guys won't be there. And, you know, I get it. They're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. That's fine. But, you know, there's something about winning at Muirfield, shaking Jack Nicholas's hand. They'll still play the majors, but there's so many other big tournaments. And it just it just sucks. It makes the, the PGA Tour not as enjoyable to watch. It does open up opportunities for guys who normally wouldn't have those opportunities. Um, and again, I, I, when it first happened, I was kind of, I'd get mad at the guys for leaving, but there's so much money being thrown around now. I'm just mad at the whole thing. It just sucks. Yeah. There was talk of a merger. I, it doesn't sound like that's happening anytime soon. So now we're just stuck with, you know, this half the, half of the best golfers in the world. And there's going to be more that go Rom's going to yeah. bring people with them. And you just have half the golf best golfers in the world playing in this kind of other league. And it just, it sucks. It's not it as, as yeah. fun. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, we go down to the Memorial every year. Like, you know, you want to see those guys play. You want to see the best competition. You only get to see them once a year. A lot of people. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like Shooter McGavin wouldn't go, would never played live. He wants <laughs> that gold jacket. He wants to stay on tour. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, just, I don't know. And again, I sound like one of those major league hall of fame voters. If I'm like, you gotta, you gotta respect the history, but it is, it's like, it's, it's. Well, you're also watering down the field too. So you're not necessarily playing the best competition uh, in those tournaments then too, you know, like any guy uh, golf wise can step up any given weekend. We've seen it. Um, But like, it's, it it is unfortunate. It sucks. I got a lot of problem with you people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna and hear. Unfor- Unfortunate is the right word. It's just like, damn, like it just, it just kind of. I'm not like the biggest John Rom fan, but he's like, he's a hell of a golfer, and mm-hmm. the tournament's a lot more entertaining and competitive when he's in it. So yeah, yeah. 100%. At some point, the only way to kind of to bring this back, I mean, besides like a merger, which may happen at some point, they got to figure out some way to have like a grudge match like between the two leagues, like yeah. there is a lot of angst, especially yeah. coming from the PGA guys to the live guys who, you know, 
probably consider them sellouts. You got like Roy McIlroy, who's kind of been a pretty outspoken pro PGA guy, Jordan Spieth, like those guys, like it would be fun to kind of see at some point, some Ryder cup like competition between the two tours. And also like, fuck Greg Norman. I, like, that guy couldn't I, that guy choked so many times in his career. I mean, he's probably making a ton of money now, but he's kind of him and Mickelson have kind of been like the have turned heel on this one and oh, kind yeah. of the bad guys in this whole thing. Ah, let's have another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go blow another five stroke lead on 18. <laughs> no, I I it it sucks. It sucks. And like, do you think there there'll ever be a point where there's so many guys that have left where it's like, or, you know, well, these, I thought I heard something about a merger, but. I mean, that was, that was the idea. And I don't know, you know, it's still, I don't know. It's, it was really, it's the whole thing has been weird because the merger was basically it like the PGA tour commissioner kind of like negotiated this merger. Like that guy's a piece of trash too. Yeah, that guy's, yeah, I know it's like at some point, but I'll tell you what, if, if, if anybody, th- I heard this on the radio and I couldn't believe it and I haven't Googled it, but I'm sure it's true. If anybody thinks the money's running out, I heard that the Saudi Royal family is worth over $1 trillion, trillion. With a T. With a T. That's a thousand billion dollars. So when they're paying John Rom three or $400 million, like, I mean, that's like me reaching my wallet right now and pulling out like a, like a $50 bill. So the money's not stopping like, so they're, they're not, it's not like, oh, we got another, it's not like, oh, we got another, like, you know, 400 million to spend on golfers and then we're done. No, it's like a wow. never ending stream of money. So that, it, you know, and, it, and, and, you know, everybody's got a price as the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase said, so it, they'll continue to pluck these guys and who knows? So you might be right. I mean, there may be a point where, the PGA tour just becomes like the JV league. And then I, I don't know what happens. Wow. Uh, one, like it's hard to even put wrap your mind around $1 trillion. Like, <laughs> I mean, you think about like uh, the, like the Walton family bought the Broncos for like what? $5 billion yeah, or yeah. something like that. It's like um, <laughs> how many, they could just buy up all the NFL team, you know? And I know they can't, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, um, but that's insanity. Yeah. Absolute insanity. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Let's do a couple more here. <clears throat> and speaking of out of control contracts, this is where I'm going with my next one. Uh, and again, you, you're worth what you, what you get paid. So I have zero problem with, with guys going out and getting money. My problem is my next one. I'm going to go back to major league baseball is, there is not an even playing field. <laughs> Shohei Otani uh, just signed a 10-year, $700 million contract. So 70, $70 million a year. So for the next 10 years, he's actually only going to make $20 million. He's going to make $2 million a year. And then $68 million, He went the Bobby Bonilla route. $68 million. And you're Greg, you're a numbers guy. And you, you work with money and, and, and all that stuff. To me, I actually think that's like a, I, I don't understand because it's like, couldn't you do more with that money in hand yeah. and like investing and like, so I don't understand that part. 
if I'm going to defer money, I'm going to be like, okay, I'll defer like 10% of it or something like that. But I don't, I don't get it. So. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I can think of is the, <laughs> the value of the contract is like inflate, like intentionally inflated mm-hmm. because he was deferring such a big part of it. Like if it was like, yeah. Cause if you had applied some type of time value of money, that's probably like a 500. That's probably like if you were getting paid 500 million or something. Yeah. Like right. So maybe that was factored in, but. Okay. Yeah. I was curious your thoughts on that because I, I was like, it seems like you're actually giving money away by not taking Absolutely. it up front and investing. Absolutely. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe he knows something we don't maybe shorten a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but back to my original point is like, so the Cleveland guardians right now, and I don't have their salary cap numbers in front of me, but I'm guessing it's somewhere in that, 70 to 90 million dollar range Maybe. so yeah. their 26 man roster will make the same amount of money Shohei Otani will make and you know the Guardians are, are one of the notoriously lower spending franchises one of the I would say bottom six but you got like the Orioles are usually there the Pirates the Tampa Bay Rays there's a you know you can list like the Oakland A's which are moving to Vegas and that's going to, they're, they're going to go up, but uh, there's a whole, whole bunch of teams that cannot compete financially with the Dodgers, the Yankees, you know, these big market teams. There's really like, you know, about eight, well, not even eight, probably like six teams in major league baseball that can pay whatever they want, pay for mistakes. And, and, it's just not a level playing field. And now while I say there should be a salary cap, there should also be a salary floor. Yeah. So, you know, that you're holding these owners in check and stuff. So, you know, I I don't know what those numbers are, but something should probably be negotiated there. Yeah. I mean, well said, I think, you know, I, I, I do think, it's, it's weird because we've seen these super teams before and it doesn't always work out, mm-hmm. but like the Dodgers are always, the Dodgers will be in the playoffs the next 10 years, almost. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's kind of the problem because baseball is kind of random once you get to the playoffs, but like, it is. the playoffs is so while the guardians might get to the playoffs, you know, once every three or four years and then have to kind of catch lightning in a bottle the Dodgers Yankees are probably going to get, you know, five or six chances in the next seven years. You're, you're buying opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Um, (laughs) I think, I think it's show is, I I, I mean, who doesn't love that guy, but 700 million is way too much. They're, they're paying him to be two players basically. And he's already not pitching, going to pitch next year. And I don't know. It, it just feels like I, I, it's going to be like, it'll be like Pujols where in year eight or nine of that contract, he's not going to be, you know, producing at that level. But yeah. if they have two or three world series and all the money that they're going to make from, you know, just like, like, you know, memory from, uh, from memorabilia and yeah, whatever, right, right. like, and they already sell out every game, but still they can up tickets and all that. Like mm-hmm. they'll make the money back, but it is, it's, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it is. Sucks. And it's like, it's oh, Juan Soto to the Yankees, Shohei yeah, and right. like Dodgers. And it's like yeah. the same 16, you know, it's like, oh, he's looking at Toronto and, you know, mm-hmm. 
New York. It's like the, the New York teams, Toronto, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Cubs and, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it, it sucks. And we're, whereas we'll be, we'll sign like some guy, you know, it'll be like, Oh, uh, Oh, we just signed Austin Hedges for yeah, yeah. <laughs> major league minimum. Yeah. Jake Taylor. Who's this guy? <laughs> it's just, it's, it sucks. And we've, and we've, we've done really well with what little resources we've had. Um, yeah. God, you just wish like spend a little bit of money. Cause it always just seems like we don't have that like one guy that you could stick in the middle of the lineup. It's going to hit 40 home runs and, and well, yeah. protect Jose and all that. And again, that, that makes you appreciate Jose Ramirez for taking yeah. that hometown, hometown yeah. discount. I mean, he's still getting yeah. very well compensated, but, uh, below market value is what he took to stay in Cleveland. So, um, you know, but it major league baseball, get it, get it figured out because they are going to drive more and more fans away. I think, um, you know, for teams that are going to be, you know, they're doing some revenue sharing and stuff like that, but it's still not to the point where it needs to be. So, And it's sad for people who love baseball too. And I think they did such a great job with the, with the pitch clock. Yes. To really help make the game more watchable on a daily yeah. basis. And yeah, this kind of stuff just drives it away a little bit. Yep. All right, Greg, let's do two more. So, uh, and then we can throw out a few. So you, you got, you got one more good one. You want to, you got want to go with. <clears throat> um, I'm between two. Um, Ah, oh, shit. Give them, give them, give me them both. No, it, it, okay. Both. The, the, the first one's just like, you know, it, it, every, every Sunday or Monday, um, you, you, and admittedly, we probably all watch these and laugh, but how many, how many, how many like NFL fan fights do you see like on your Twitter feed? And like these jack offs, you know, that like, I mean, I mean, we're all like, we all, we've all done stupid stuff. We all do stupid stuff from time to time. Right. But like, you know, these like 40, 30, 40 year old men who probably have families and jobs and most of them like are in, no, they have no business fighting anybody. Cause you know, they're, they're probably more likely to strain an oblique throwing a punch than they are to actually land a punch. But in the unlikely event that they do get like, you know, land one or, fall and hit, you know, fall on their face or something like, you know, just, I mean, imagine like being a family member and somebody's like, they were killed in an NFL football game because they got in a fight with some guy that had a Chargers jersey on and they exactly. made a comment about Justin Herbert. It's like, again, it goes back to kind of like what we we're talking about. Football is a violent sport. It kind of inspires violence. Like, and if we've, we've been to a lot of Browns games, like there's, it's it's an interesting crowd at NFL games wherever you go. Yeah, there's a lot of to say the least, a lot of alcohol consumed. But can we not like get in a fucking huge brawl on the way yeah. out of the stadium? Like, can we just have a little bit of more respect as human beings? As entertaining as it to watch, sometimes like <laughs> somebody will get killed and probably has yeah, got actually has. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just like, come on. Yeah, like figure it out. I, I, I a hundred percent agree. And and like you said, it, it's funny to see on, on Twitter or X or whatever, like, you know, the, the 400 pound fat dude with his, with his girlfriend yapping in some person's ear, like they just start throwing, but yeah. it's like, you know, 
but it, I, I try to think like if I was sitting there, like what, like, I mean, I'm not throwing a punch or something, but it's like, you can't even go there for what you want, yeah. Yeah. like went to see. So it, it's like, at some point it's like, security's got to get involved but in another thing too there is phones there are cameras everywhere so no matter how much you've consumed or whatever you know and we like to throw a few back like pre-game post-game during game whatever but it's like stay within your limits you know and and like and if if you're a an angry temperamental person maybe an nfl stadium isn't the best place for you maybe stay stay home and and uh break your tv like like another you know group of idiots uh that you'll see out there on the internet so it's like at the end of the day and i know it's people say it all but it it really is a game it's a game it's entertainment yeah it's not the end as much, as much as we sometimes you don't feel that way in the moment. It is not the end all be all world. Yeah. It is not like, you know, more important than your livelihood or your family or your health. So like just yep. put it a little bit in perspective. Yep. Yep. And I was actually Googling to try to find a couple of good ones. There, there's like thousands. So it's, I mean, it's it, it is literally every week. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the Giants and the Cowboys are playing wherever they're playing, there's going to be 25 fights in the stands. Yeah. Same for Brown Steelers and any, anything right. like that. Well, I mean, we're recording this right now and, and um, Philadelphia is at Seattle, you know, that's oh, the rivalry. Yeah, yeah. There'll be yeah. people fighting there. I'm sure. Yeah. Just they're idiots, so. yeah. yeah. And then sometimes it doesn't even matter. Like it's just two, two, uh, two Browns fans might just go, you know, like a guy in a Metcalf Jersey and a guy in a Lockett Jersey <laughs> might just start throwing down for no reason. Other than exactly. Hey, maybe so. they're just airing their grievance. <laughs> That's true. Beats <laughs> the strength. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They took it to the next level. All right. I'm yeah. going to go uh, one more here. Um, and then we, if you. If yeah, you we're good. I don't, I don't need to do any more. So we're all good. right. All right. Well, my, my only other one that I see all the time. And again, this goes back to social media. And there's just a lot of stupid people out there. You know, a lot of stupid people and everyone. Uh, everyone thinks they should be the host of first take and, you know, all this other shit. It's like, for God's sakes, we don't have to fire a coach every time they lose and we don't have to give them a contract extension every time they win. Like literally there are, I guarantee you, there's at least a thousand people in the state of Ohio right now that think they could do a better job than Kevin Stefanski or Ryan day. Like literally a thousand people throughout the state of Ohio that think I could do a better job right now than Kevin Stefanski. I could do a better job than Ryan day. I could do a better job uh, than my local high school basketball coach. I could do a a better job than, then you know what you should do? Go out there and volunteer for a youth little league team or something like that. If you're such an expert, get out there and share that with the youth. Like, don't be sharing it on Twitter. Like, and I get everyone, everyone's got a take and takes within reason are, are fine and and whatever. You know, I, I'm sure I've said dumb shit too, but it's like at some point, it's like coaches get too much credit when they win, too much blame when they lose. But there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks. There's a lot of uh couch experts out there that are really uh, you know, but but couldn't tell you, you know, 
couldn't tell you different progressions or, you know, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, whatever uh, of, you know, and not to man, not to mention managing a roster, um, you know, like doing all the stuff in the locker room behind the scenes, pr- running practices, all this other stuff. And it's, it's a joke. And I get like Ryan day makes nine to 10 million a year. You know, he's going to get heat. That's fine. You know, that comes with the job, but my, I'm, I'm airing my grievance on these particular fans and we all know them. We all yeah. know them. Um, and we have some friends that are in that group. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that think they're really smart and they're really fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Done. I mean, I'd say no more. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it is. And it's like, we all have the we all have the luxury of sitting on our couch watching six replays, having hindsight, mm-hmm. and not being the man in the arena, as they say, right? And yeah, right. Just like to be able to, yeah, and yeah, there's so it's like, it, you know, what what we're watching, the the plays that we're watching on TV, the decisions that we're watching are three percent of what. It's it's just the output of what's going into it, right? And sometimes it'll be like, we saw this defense, we intentionally called this play, and we missed one block and it blew up. But like, if yep. we hit that block, it goes for thirty yards, and it's just like, but everybody's like, what the hell? You know, that's the worst play call I've ever seen, and it's yep. just like, yeah, I it, didn't hear anybody. Yeah. I didn't hear anybody complaining when Stefanski brought in DTR yesterday for a fourth and one call that everybody thought he was going to run, and then he throws it. And but if he doesn't get that, you well, if he if he, if he spiked that thing into the ground, it, mm-hmm. it would be Twitter would have blown up. Yeah, but you know they practiced it all week. It yeah. probably worked like ninety yeah. percent of the time, and they're like, let's go with this on a fourth down and one call where they probably think we're running Kareem Hunt up the middle. Yeah. You know? But <clears throat> just frustrating from yeah. my perspective, yeah. you know, whether, whether you have been a coach or not been a coach before, it's like, I think you need to put yourself in those other people's shoes. And like you said, it's like, what you're seeing is like a small fraction of yeah. what that job actually entails. So, well, it, 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 it's, just the, it's just the nature of these takes too. They're either, they're either, like it's it's gonna have to be one. Ex- you can't you don't you can't just be like you're not just gonna tweet out like, oh the Browns like you know mm-hmm. they really they're really running some you know running some good mix today they're doing all right. It's either like this is absolutely terrible. Fuck this team. Fuck yep. everything. Or like holy shit like Stefanski is a god. Like every like all these plays are working. Flacco's incredible. Like this team. I love this fucking team. And it's like. Yeah, it's just there's no there, there's no there's no emotional roller coaster like the NFL and week no. to week it <laughs> it changes like you would not believe yeah. minute to minute even so sometimes it's just like actually let how about we just sit back and watch it happen and then yeah. we don't have to tweet live tweet about like our our stream of consciousness because like in ten minutes that thought's gonna be completely obsolete yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, it's so relevant. It, it happens all the time. And there's so many 
you know, and that's why I can't stand like the the a lot of the first take shows or the Skip Baylesses, where it's like they literally are just going to be argumentative to a point yeah. where because they're trying to stir up. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Let's let's try to get their fans riled up because we know that's going to bring in ratings. And I get that aspect of it, but it's like it's stupid TV and it's it's dumbing down a lot of the public. So absolutely, yeah. All right, so those are those are my main ones. Uh, if you if you got any other little ones, feel free to throw them out. I I, I got hundreds of them, but uh, yeah, I I just have one that I can't stand watching Joel Embiid play basketball for as good as that guy is. He can't, <laughs> you know, when you're like six years old, they tell you like, hey, like you know, try to stay on your be strong on your feet when you play basketball. That guy falls twenty six times in a game. He goes to the line twenty three times because he gets a foul every time. And it's just, thank God he's not playing with Harden anymore. But, like, I don't know, just something about that guy. He's phenomenal. He's leading the league in scoring. I hate watching him play probably more than anybody in the league. That's funny you say that because I can't stand watching James Harden play basketball. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, yeah. The so, same yeah. type. Yeah, they, they, it's amazing it didn't work between those two because they both – they, they they get more yeah they get more garbage fouls than anybody I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's like I've never seen a guy seven one three hundred pounds that just like falls over when he gets touched and he gets a foul every time. It's just yeah, it's bad. Oh, that's good. Well, I, so I I think what we'll do instead of listing a bunch of honorable mentions yeah. that are like kind of generic, we're just gonna make this a yearly segment around Festivus. And well, there'll probably be a lot more current events that are like more specific. So, I mean, we got college football, NFL, we got golf, we got hockey on this one, we got basketball, we got freaking Hall of Fame stuff. So we were all over the board. I think this was good with that. So uh, this was our airing of grievances. And, uh, you know, once again, if, if you have not uh, seen the Frank Costanza uh episode of it go watch it but uh december 23rd every year is uh is uh frank costanza's festivus and uh r.i.p jerry stiller but um this was good and i think it's a good way to get a lot of different takes on a lot of uh like current event sporting stuff so uh greg i appreciate you uh doing this um hang backstage for a second and uh we'll um i'm gonna run a couple things here, but uh, we appreciate you guys watching. Uh, thanks for following and um, make sure to, you know, follow our social media and all that stuff. So uh, we will talk to you guys Thank soon you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. This is original Youngstown content. Feel free to share our videos and tell your friends about us. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Thank you 